handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. I'm your host, Derek Larger. Joining me today, Lawrence Owen at Colts Law. You all know him. He's been on the show many, many times before. Today, we're just going to talk about a topic that everyone in Colts Nation has been talking about over the last few days, and that is about Julio Jones. I figured... You know, Cody and I have been talking about it a lot on social media, but we really haven't dedicated a video yet on what we think this does to the Colts and how it impacts them. So Lawrence and I are going to kind of talk about, you know, what the Colts have to do differently, if they have to view the Titans a different way now. Um, I guess the first question I'll ask you, Lawrence, is, you know, now just knowing what you know about the team so far and what – um now knowing that Julio Jones is now the number, potentially the number one wide receiver there now, are the Titans more intimidating now? Are they a better team now that the Colts need to take even more seriously than what they were before the signing? Before the signing? Well, yes. Before last year, I say no. Okay. okay. Before the signing, Julio Jones makes any team he's on better. Okay, he's 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 a very good, in my opinion, still a top ten, maybe top five wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, I just did a film room on him not long ago, and he still got it, man. Injuries aside from last year, when he's on the field, he is a threat and a danger, even at thirty-two. But last year, you got to figure he's 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 compensating for the loss of two major targets that Tennessee lost in the offseason in Corey Davis and Jonu Smith. And no matter how good you are, you're not compensating both those guys. Okay. Because mm -hmm. Jonu Smith was a beast uh last year as a tight end, not only in the receiving game, but as a uh, helper with the block in the run game. Very solid blocker. And then Corey Davis was that deep threat, you know, opposite of AJ Brown. Um I think that he's still he brings that, that fear back in that was missing from the offense after the loss of them uh, because now you got two very, very good, big-bodied possession receivers on the outside. Um, but do I think they're better offensively than what they were last year? No. Gotcha. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing that – you know, are they obviously better slightly on offense than what they were before this? Yeah, obviously that makes sense. But you broke it down perfectly that, you know, with the amount of receiving targets they did lose this offseason, they lost three of them. You know, they lost Corey Davis. They lost Adam Humphreys, their slot receiver, and lost Jonu Smith, who, by the way, was their best red zone threat. He was the guy that scored the majority of the receiving touchdowns down there in the end zone. So, Ultimately, what I think here is, yeah, you're the Titans are really top heavy with the amount of talent that they have. Obviously, Derrick Henry is the biggest workhorse back in the league. No one comes close. And then AJ Brown, 
rising into the potential top 10 receiver category. And Julio Jones, who we all agree is a top four wide receiver, give or take you want on a few guys. But ultimately, again, like you said, just having to now compensate for all the threats you did lose. And now that he is getting older, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you better hope that the, you better hope that that actual solution works. Cause if it doesn't, it's going to come back to bite him really bad. But I think um, one thing for me that is not as concerning about Julio Jones is, you know, I know Marcus brought this up a bunch of times that he's the yards after catch magnet. I mean, this guy can really make plays after he catches the football. Now, I don't know if this is Atlanta's fault. I don't know if this is his fault. Maybe you can understand this more because you watched a lot more film on him than I did. But I always look back at the stats. And it's safe to say that over the last three seasons, Julio has never been a good red zone target. Now, he doesn't get many targets in Atlanta over the last few years in the red zone, which is quite shocking to me due to the fact he's six foot three and is 220 pounds and is more athletic than any corner on the field. So it's kind of shocking to me that he never did get quite as many targets in the red zone. I think what over the last two years had one touchdown in the red zone. I mean, that's just unbelievable for one of the best wide receivers in the game to only have one red zone touchdown. It's I don't know. Am I over-exaggerating that, or am, do I have a point there in saying he's mainly a yard-after-catch guy? Well, you also got to look at the other targets that Matt Ryan had to throw to, right? I mean, he's he's had guys before Sanu went. You know, he was a, a, a big target guy. Obviously, Calvin Ridley has been their number one over the last couple seasons. Uh, Julio, great guy, but... <sighs> I still think he can be a very good red zone target. Okay. It's mm-hmm. just Matt Ryan's been surrounded with a lot of good receiving targets, not just at wide receiver, but he's had tight ends as well, you know? So uh, Julio has been kind of brought to that move the ball between the twenties guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's it. I mean, last year, like we was just talking about, I mean, he had, uh, nine games. I, I count it as eight because two of those games, he only had like 23% and like 26% of the snaps in those games due to injury, leaving the game early. So like half the season, he had 774 yards. I mean, that's 1500 yards in an, in a 16 game. If he played the entire season, that's, that's all pro numbers, you know, for yardage wise. I don't care if he did only have two touchdowns, he would have been an all pro at 1500 yards receiving, you know, or, or, or in that conversation, anyhow. Um, yeah, I still think that he can be, especially because you don't have Johnny Smith there now with with the uh, the Titans. So it's going to be A.J. Brown or him that's going to be targeted in the red zone because they're both big body possession receivers. I think I think you'll see his his touchdown numbers jump a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so, I mean, now that we look at it from the perspective of Julio Jones is now there and the Colts still have the chance to potentially make a move in the corner room if they so choose to, does this imply that you think the Colts might actually address the corner room by maybe signing a veteran 
who is used to facing against Julio, or do you believe the corner room stays the way it is now? I think the the corner room stays the way it is because we've got a guy on our roster that has been locked down on Julio Jones his entire career, and that's Xavier Rhodes. Uh, every time that Xavier Rhodes has played against Julio Jones, he uh, I think the quarterback uh, rating against uh, Xavier Rhodes when he was covering Julio is somewhere in the 40s, okay? okay? He that's, But again, Julio and AJ are very similar type players, right? So, uh, and, and Julio moves around the field a lot, right? He'll, he'll play left outside wide receiver. He'll play right outside. He'll play in the slot. It doesn't matter. You know, he plays all over the place. Whereas the Colts, they're second, they specific places where they stay. You know, they don't move around. They're not that type of, of defense where the cornerbacks follow receivers around. So uh, it, even if Xavier Rhodes is on Julio, who's covering AJ, right? Yeah. Those are very similar players. The The thing is, is I think in all honesty, I don't think the Colts are going to go after a veteran wide receiver because I think that they like the competition they have at that second cornerback slot, the second outside cornerback slot. You got three guys that are fighting for it right now. You've heard a lot, a lot of real good stuff from Marvell Tell, right? So, yeah. uh, in in the uh, uh, was it the OTAs that w- that we just had, and then of course Rocky Sin. We're hoping for a, a jump and being a little bit more uh, less hands on when it comes mm-hmm. to man coverage, and then of course we can't forget about TJ Carey, who was literally ranked the second best corner on our team last year over Kenny Moore. Uh, when it comes to quarterback uh, passer rating against. So, uh, whereas Xavier was number one, um, I, I, I really do. I think the Colts like the competition at that spot. So, I don't expect a signing. Could there be one? Maybe. I don't think it'll be a big name signing. I don't I don't see him going out and trading for a Jair Alexander or nothing like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, they might bring another guy in just, you know, to see what happens. But I don't expect nothing big. I don't see like Richard Sherman or something like that coming in. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's it's going to be concerning because, you know, now you said it with that third, that second outside corner position now being the target of focus. I mean, I honestly think I would be even more comfortable with Marvell Tell being the one to trail Julio because he's taller, he's a little more athletic, a little more instinctual, and you know, like you said, not as very much hands-on, which would result in less penalties, and is a little bit quicker than Rakiasin. I don't know. We're just gonna have to see how uh, how camp goes and how Rakiasin looks because you know, I mean, his job's practically on the line this year. I mean, we're already saying that anyone in this cornerback room can take his spot for the taking now. So you know, he, it. The rookie, the rookie stuff, that stuff's gone now. It's time for him to step up. But, you know, do you anticipate the Colts trying to do something different in pass coverage to try to make up for the presence of Julio Jones? Because like you said, now Julio's in the mix. AJ Brown is gonna get is getting lost already in the talks of all this. And AJ Brown, a lot this last year, was cooking defenses like it was nothing. And even did it in the second game against the Colts, was catching everything, and we couldn't cover him to save our lives. So 
Is there something you think the Colts will do differently to try and make up for that? Okay, so uh, in the in the interview that we had with Matt Eberflus, uh, sorry I have to bring up a, a painful point for you, but because um, I know you weren't able to make that, but he talked about that a little bit. I asked about um, the fact that the Colts mainly just brought in, brought back their entire roster from last year when it comes to the secondary outside Malik Hooker, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, why was that? And, and basically it was familiarity in the system and the players around them. They'll just get that much better. It's very similar to how, you know, we hear about our offensive line, you know, they just kept playing better and better and better because they played more and more snaps together with each other Mm -hmm. and understand the system. And he says that the, the longer they're able to play in that system, the easier it is for them and the more wrinkles that they could put into that system to make it harder on the offenses they're playing against. So I expect, as you say, to see some more wrinkles in the schemes that they're playing against other teams this year than we have in years past because we we really didn't see a turnover in players like we have in the past. Gotcha. Well, I guess one final question I'll ask, and it's been the topic of debate amongst Titans and Colts fans ever since that move was made. With this roster the way it is for Tennessee right now and with the move that they just got for Julio Jones, does that make them instant favorites to win the AFC South? No. No, not in my opinion. Um, look, they've got a scary offense. I'm not going to deny it. I think their offense is a scary offense. they got two number one wide receivers. they got – the best running back in football. They got a pretty good offensive line and they got a reliable quarterback in Tannehill. I'm not going to, you know, absolutely. Is their offense potentially better than the Indianapolis Colts? It's potentially better, mm-hmm. but that the, then you got to flip to the other side and look at the defense, right? I mm-hmm. mean, the Colts have a top 10. They were the eighth ranked defense in the NFL last year. Uh, the Titans was like, uh, in the second half somewhere it was closer around round 20 somewhere in that mm-hmm. general vicinity and they actually lost players uh, uh, and they they didn't really adjust the way i think that they they should have i don't think that they they, they didn't have much of any pass rush last year they picked up Danico Autry from the Colts who what had eight eight and a half i think last year mm-hmm. Uh, we just sad. know how streaky he is. So. Yeah, exactly. Colts fans know how Danico Autry is. And then you got to factor in Bud Dupree, but he's coming off of that injury. He's coming off an injury, and we don't know if Bud Dupree was was is going to be any good without the rest of that Steelers defense because yeah. there was so many good Steelers players. Did that make Bud Dupree look better than what he actually was? How good is he going to be on his own? That's a big question. The numbers back that point up is that they said that he was second in the league amongst uh, affected sacks, which basically meant that he was a cleanup sack artist for quarterbacks evading pressure from the opposite end. So, you know, like you said, I mean, we'll see how that how he actually does now that he's gone to face. I mean, if he's going up against Braden Smith, Good luck, bro. I, I don't I don't think you're gonna get many sacks on Braden Smith based off what we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, are they still gonna be fighting for the top spot in the AFC South? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's this is not gonna be a, a a walk in the park for either the Colts or the Titans. It's gonna be all about winning your yeah. divisional games, 
you cannot get swept by anybody for sure. You can't, the, the Titans can't afford to get swept by the Colts. The Colts can't be, can't afford to get swept by the Titans. You need to sweep the other teams though. You need to be able to sweep the Jaguars. You need to be able to sweep the, uh, the Texans. The team that is able to do that is going to win the division. And yep. because, I mean, we, we, we play very similar teams outside the division. Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Hope you all enjoyed us talking a little bit about what Julio Jones does to the Indianapolis Colts. Want to thank Lawrence Owen for joining me as always. And let us know in the comments, guys, what you think. Uh, Does this move make the Titans that much scarier? Or do you think this is a little bit more of an overreaction? Differing opinions on each side. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. (laughs) 